0: America and happy Tuesday. A busy Tuesday it is. Welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we got two great guests back to back. We'll have that right after these messages.
1: Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, "What's your secret?"
0: All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. We've been talking about the border. We've had border patrol agents. We've had intelligence experts, law enforcement experts. Everybody has given us a very clear picture of what's been going on and what's about to happen at ground zero of America's national security. Well, our next guest, he has been the clarion voice in Congress for so long on making sure that we get this right. He has combated the Biden administration at every step of the way. And he is joining us from Texas where he's got a great update on what's going on at the border right now. Joining us right now, Congressman Lance Gooden, The great state of Texas. Congressman, good to have you back on the show. Great to
2: be here. Thank you for having me, and thanks for all the work you do.
0: Yeah, we're honored to cover the work you're doing. You're on the front lines of a lot of history right now. I want to start with Title 42, the Biden administration doing a lot of chairing, saying, oh, it's not going to be as bad as, as, as people predicted. We're very early in the process, and a lot of the Border Patrol agents that we've been interviewing, including the union boss, told us listen, the numbers are going to go down temporarily because the cartels are playing a media game, but when the media drop off, the numbers will ramp back up. What are you seeing and hearing at the border?
2: Well, you know, allegedly the crossings have actually gone down in the last four or five days, but also knows that the Texas National Guard has really stepped up security in the last several days. So one could credit uh, some of those numbers to the state of Texas and Governor Abbott's work there, because I understand they have uh, really beefed up patrols and are turning people away. But this really all goes back to this sense in the sense and the Uh, world south of the border, that our border is wide open. And so if word will will get back that uh, it's not as easy to cross as everyone thinks it is, that would help. Uh, But really, at the end of the day, this administration is not enforcing the law. They are uh, not turning away Anyone for any reason, they're letting people take advantage of the asylum process. And until that is stopped, we will continue to have um, these large caravans of migrants and just a daily um, occurrence uh, of crossings that are really out of control.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, I talked to a lot of members of Congress, and uh, your name comes up often for just common-sense solutions for the border. And recently, you introduced a law that a lot of your colleagues have been talking about. Just, It's just, you hit your head and go, that makes so much sense. It's called the Protecting Federal Funds from Human Trafficking and Smuggling Act. Really, most Americans are just beginning to learn that the government is sort of a middleman in the human trafficking that the cartels are now engaging in across our border. Tell us why this legislation you introduced is so important important what it does.
2: Well, you know, what we're doing as a nation right now is encouraging and facilitating uh, this illegal immigration. And we're we're sending federal funds to different groups that are doing things out of the kindness of their heart. Catholic Charities is one of them. And, and they like to say what a wonderful service they're doing. We're helping these poor migrants as they come across. But really what they're doing is they're encouraging more of the same. It's uh, It's 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 like some of the Democrats that say our, our heartless border bill that we just passed last week is going to do a disservice to migrants and it's going to hurt the asylum process. The facts are that if we start enforcing the law, we're not going to have this problem at our border in the first place. Uh, we're not going to have a need uh, for charities to help people because there won't be people at the border to help because they'll be applying for asylum on the other side of the border. They won't be coming across illegally. If we would just send the message that our border is closed and you have to follow the laws of the land, then we would not have uh, the trafficking, the smuggling, the fentanyl, and all the problems that come with it. But it's bizarre to me. uh, Some of the arguments I see on the other side when I see my colleagues from the left say uh, that what we're doing is heartless. I believe what they're not doing is heartless. uh, And the, the actions that they've refused to take are what is funding the cartel. It's what's uh, uh, encouraging parents to pay a coyote to smuggle their children across the border. So many horrible things that take place on our southern border are a result of this idea that our border is open and that our president... And doesn't care who comes
0: across. Yeah, no, I think that that's really essential. There's another big moment of uh, negotiations today with the White House and Congress. Do you have a sense that maybe Joe Biden is beginning to realize that he's got to engage? It's very late in the process for him to come in. Republicans have been ahead of the ball. In fact, they really, compared to any other prior budget crisis, the Republicans are really taking the lead on this. How has the dynamic changed and what do you expect the president to do over the next few days to try to find a deal?
2: Well, I think the president uh, realizes that Kevin McCarthy and Republicans are, for the first time in a long time, all on the same page. We are united. We are not going to support a blanket renewal of this uh, debt limit increase. And the president – say what you will about him, but surely uh, he is uh, reminiscing over his days – in the Senate. He knows how the House and Senate work. He knows when uh, he's got a winning hand and when he doesn't, and I think he sees Mitch McConnell sitting back not saying anything at all. And this is the same Mitch McConnell that typically is very quick to cut a deal with Democrats. But today, thankfully, Mitch McConnell is sitting back saying that any deals that are going to be made will happen between Kevin McCarthy and the President. And I think the President sees this, and the President has also shown us just since January That he's not opposed to throwing um, his colleagues uh, on the Democratic side in Congress uh, aside and saying, I'm going to negotiate and support this bill, whatever it is. You remember the D.C. um, City Council bill that we overturned? He said uh, he would veto it, and then once it passed the House – he changed his mind and threw Democrats in the House under the bus. They were very upset about it. But my point in bringing that up is this president is not as interested in democratic political situ- scenarios on Capitol Hill as much as he is uh, with results for the nation. And so that, in this particular instance, is a good thing. I uh, I know that he doesn't want to run off to Japan tomorrow without a deal I think he knows that he's going to have to cut a deal and that Republicans, including myself, are dug in and we will not accept a clean increase. We've got to have some concessions from the White House, and I think we'll probably see that this week.
0: Yeah, and polling shows that the American public is overwhelming on the Republican side. They don't want another debt ceiling increase without some spending cuts going along with it. That's a big moment, and it shows the education process that Republicans did using oversight and hearings. You really got the American public educated of the cycle that's been going on. And those polls, I think, are are becoming now very, very important. One
2: of the things uh, that we're calling for is a, um, a return of the unspent COVID funds back to the Treasury. How can, if you're a Democrat and you're bragging about ending the pandemic, how can you claim credit for that while at the same time saying that we should keep these unspent COVID funds and bank accounts uh, for people to mismanage. It's just, it's crazy. And I think as crazy as they are down Pennsylvania Avenue, there are a few people with a brain that are watching and realizing <laughs> that they're going to have to work with Republicans.
0: And if not, at least their, their constituents are watching. So that may help a lot. You are a, a very important voice on the House Judiciary Committee. You sit on two of the, I think, the more interesting subcommittees. But Yesterday, long awaited, finally delivered. Not much surprises except for the, the thoroughness of it. John Durham's report in the level of FBI misconduct, Justice Department misconduct, double standards between Trump and Clinton that was laid bare. That report, I'd like to get your reaction to it.
2: Well, it's appalling. I hate I hate that we're always right, but we were right. I mean, this report highlights that neither the U.S. nor the intelligence community appear to have had any actual evidence of collusion and that the Biden administration – and people, I think, forget this was the Biden administration. This wasn't just all Hillary. This was the Biden administration. How many times did we see him sanctimoniously interviewed uh, saying how he doesn't talk with the attorney general or the FBI? And I think um, the questionable practices and the lack of evidence – and the ability to convince all the talking heads on all the networks that our, uh, our then-president-elect uh, Trump at the time was in bed with the Russians, it was just just sickening. And uh, how many of us were called liars and uh, refusing to accept the truth by these left-wing media nuts and Democrats um, when all along they were the ones peddling these lies? Now, I don't know if they knew they were peddling lies, but they were – And I think yesterday was a big day, not just uh, for truth and hopefully consequences, uh, but for Donald Trump and his uh, road back to the White House. I think that every week it seems as if there is uh, a a legal, um, I think, victory for President Trump, even some that don't seem like victories. But this definitely yesterday was a big deal. We have requested on the Judiciary Committee um, to uh, visit with Mr. Durham in person. We invited him to come next week to testify before our committee. I suspect that we'll get a a firm date nailed down in the coming days, and we can put that hearing date on the calendar. But I think the American people deserve to hear more. And deserve to know exactly uh, what happened with this and why Democrats felt the need to spend so much money and time peddling lies and in their attempt to cripple the presidency. Um, I I just think it's uh, pretty un-American, some of the things that took place during the Trump years. And I... I hope we never get to that point again in this nation.
0: Yeah, pretty un-American. That's a great description of what what he really found. It's just not what we expect. Instead of a constitutional republic, we look like a banana republic in that report. And uh, it's there. I want to ask about the consequences because you're an innovator. You're always applying uh, innovative solutions to whatever the problem is that's before Congress. The consequences problem seems to be the issue. The Justice Department's not going to prosecute anyone else based on the evidence here. What can Congress do? How can it use the power of the purse to maybe punish some of those who are named in the report by some of the agencies so that they have a disincentive to ever repeat this behavior again in the future?
2: Well, the purse uh, purse strings are, are always... Uh a tool that we have um but I think we also need to get more information I want to hear more you know we just got this report yesterday I want to bring some of these people before our committee I know oversight probably will as well but I think uh, one of the consequences is going to be a continued lack of faith in these institutions the american people have been preached to by the left about how uh, how, how dare you question law enforcement how dare you Um, uh, say anything negative about our federal government, uh, about the FBI, name your institution. Um, But when these stories come out, it just uh, really backs up this, not narrative, but this belief uh, that we on the right have that the government is weaponizing institutions against the American people and against conservatives especially. And so I think this really hurts um, some of the sanctimonious arguments by the left that they like to preach on uh, the liberal networks or wherever they may be um, that Republicans are against law enforcement, that Republicans um, uh, are wrong to question the FBI. These, These kind of stories and these reports coming out do not help the Democratic arguments against us, and it only reinforces what my constituents and what conservatives across the United States believe, and that is that their government is being used against them and against conservatives in power, and that the deep state is alive and well.
0: And yeah, that it is. Last question. Last night, there was a revelation to Congress that the IRS whistleblower who claimed that there was political tampering and, and pressure in the Hunter Biden case came forward with revelations. He's been removed from the case. His whole team is concerned of retaliation there. There's an FBI whistleblower who's come forward saying he was punished because he raised concerns about the accuracy, just the technical accuracy of one of Director Ray's testimonies to Congress. There seems to be growing concern in Congress that the brave people coming forward to highlight Evidence and and wrongdoing, so it can be fixed by Congress, are now in danger of being punished and retaliated against. I know that's an issue close to your heart. How concerned are you about that retaliation, and also what things might Congress do in the next few weeks to get to the bottom of it?
2: Well, I am concerned because it discourages other whistleblowers. I, the last thing we want is someone too afraid to tell the truth uh, because they fear for them or their or their family's safety, and so we're uh, We're working to make sure whistleblowers know that they can trust us. we Republicans that are running the House that we will do all we can to keep them safe. but at the end of the day we've got to take back our country we have to take back our institutions we've got to win the presidency so some of the uh, banana republic uh, happenings that we see in this government um, are are unwound and uh, rolled back. I mean, we've we've got so many problems with this administration. The American people have lost faith, but whistleblowers especially in a in an in, in a, an administration that is full of so many irregularities, they've got to feel safe um, and protected to come to Republicans. because The Republican-led House of Representatives is the only check on this administration, and we've got to do all we can uh, to ensure the American people whether they're whistleblowers or Um, Just everyday citizens uh, have faith in the job we're doing. Uh, It's going to be difficult for us to ask for more faith and confidence if we don't show um, that we're worthy of it in the next year and a half before the election. But I think we will. And I think that the American people will reward the great work we're doing across the Republican conference. And I think they will punish the very bad work uh, that we're seeing out of this administration and the Democrat-led Senate.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt that the House of Representatives, which has achieved so much of its commitment already, it's really remarkable to think we're in May and the vast majority of the promises to the American people already delivered by the House. But it really has become such a counterbalance in a one-company town right now that you are the last line of defense.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It ha- I mean, it- things are so bad on the Democratic side that Republicans are all standing together. And we are known for being able to fight among ourselves. But things things are so bad in this town that every faction of the Republican Party is working in lockstep. Um, for the good of the nation, and I think it's a it's a real win for the American
0: people. Yeah, that's for sure, and that's who who we were all sent to Washington to serve, whether as a journalist or as a great member of Congress, Congressman. It is a great honor to have you on. We learned so much. We're keeping a close eye on that very important legislation you produce to go after human trafficking and keep the federal government and taxpayers money out of it very important legislation we'll be watching it closely thanks again for your time sir thank you have a great week take care great honor to have on you as well sir all right folks we're going to take a quick commercial break we'll be right back after these messages
1: delve into the shadows of the mind with sleeping dogs a gripping murder mystery starring academy award winner russell crow now available
0: All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. I am so excited to have this next guest on. Every time he comes on, we get a dose of healthy news, a dose of healthy common sense, something that's often missing in the great city of Washington, D.C. Joining us right now from the great state of Georgia, Congressman Austin Scott. Congressman, great to have you back on the show, sir.
3: Hey, John, thanks
0: for having us. We love having you on. I want to start with something that obviously a lot of the country is focused on right now, the debt ceiling negotiations. Republicans have a concrete plan. They got ahead of the White House. They got ahead of the Senate. Now Joe Biden is kind of slowly engaging on negotiations as the debt day of reckoning comes near. Tell us where we are and what you think will ultimately happen.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, keep this in mind. Uh, We were at the statutory debt limit the day Joe Biden signed the omnibus bill. So if they were going to increase spending in December, they should have included the the debt limit increase in there to cover the cost of that spending. So uh, that is one thing that the mainstream media won't tell you is that we were actually at the debt limit the day Biden signed the omnibus bill in December of last year. Now, obviously, you know, you have the ability to do extraordinary measures, which are things that you don't want to do. But the fact that Janet Yellen, you know, wasn't screaming at the time that the omnibus bill was signed that the debt limit needed to be included in it it is concerning to me because I think that, you know, it shows how political uh, the institution that she represents is becoming. Uh, This same institution is the one that was saying, oh, inflation is transitory, you know, as they were pushing to pass the Inflation Reduction Act and the – American Rescue Plan, both of which spent $3 trillion. I want to say it again, $3 trillion they spent without a single Republican vote. And the end result of what they've done is they have taken the national debt from $27.7 trillion the day Joe Biden was sworn into office to over $31.4 trillion today. And so, John, the spending and the debt increases that have occurred in the last you know, 26, 27, 28 months are not sustainable. And so we as Republicans have said we recognize that um, there has got to be some increase in spending, but we've got to change the trajectory of spending. And so in order to uh, have Republican support for the debt limit increase of $1.5 trillion, we're going to ask the Democrats to agree to spending reductions so that we can actually uh, get the government back to a size that the American citizens and taxpayers that are out there working every day can afford.
0: Yeah. And you've done a good job of of tracking the size of the debt under Joe Biden. It's just jaw-dropping how much debt we've piled on in two years. It's more than most presidents put on in eight years. Do you think Democrats have any recognition how everyday Americans look at that? I mean, if our credit card was that tapped out we wouldn't be spending the way the government is do you think it's starting to sink in that maybe they have a liability with voters
3: no i don't i don't think so not on the debt limit i think that they think that the more uh the more money they spend the better they're making people's lives and uh they want the government to have more control over our lives whether it be our food supply or our housing And, and they think that um that this culture of dependency is a good thing because uh they think that more government is better government. And so, you know, John, I can't, I can't explain it. I don't want my kids dependent on any government, including my own. And uh, and yet they they seem to want to create a system where more and more Americans are, are just totally dependent on the American government for, um, you know, everything they have from the, the cradle to the grave. And it, it simply will not work. Um, but it's a dangerous mindset that they have. Uh, I will tell you what I do think is catching up with them, John, if you watch, you know, a little bit of the news today, I got to see a little bit of the news, but there's some Americans that are pretty ticked off right now about being kicked out of their uh, homes or housing, current housing situation to make way for uh, illegal immigrants when when those American citizens don't have anywhere to go. And so I do think
0: that is sinking in, isn't it?
3: I do think that that is finally um, past the breaking point with the general public. When you see veterans being kicked out of their um, the place where they're spending the night to make way for illegal immigrants, you see other Americans being kicked out of the place they were going to spend the night um, so that they can make way for illegal immigrants. You know, Where do these American citizens go when you're moving them out of their homes and their residences Make way for somebody who, who's in the country illegally. And the bottom line is, uh, it's it's having a tremendous impact on the homeless population inside the United States. And I I think that is the one where uh, Democrats their constituency is getting pretty fed up with their um, their border policy.
0: Yeah. Yep. And when you start booting legitimate. American citizens from their legitimate housing so that someone else can illegitimately take it, it does seem to hit home, doesn't it? It does seem to really sink into people just how absurd the world has become under Joe Biden and liberal policies. I wanted to turn to another subject we've known for a long time because of the great work you've done. And of course, you have visibility through House Intelligence, other committees you've been on. John Durham put out a very fact-driven report, and it really accentuates what we've kind of known since slowly from 2017 forward, that the FBI had no basis to investigate Donald Trump, but it sustained a three-year investigation nonetheless, that Hillary Clinton was the primary feeder of the bad information to the FBI, and that they didn't treat her the same way. When allegations came in about her, she didn't get opened up on an investigation the way Donald Trump did. So dual justice, unwarranted investigation, and politicalization of the FBI. You've been a cogent voice about fixing the FBI. What was your take on the Durham report yesterday? I
3: mean, my, my take on the report is that he just told uh, American citizens of what those of us who had been paying attention already knew, and that there was no justification for it. If you look at how, uh, if you couple that with, you know, the way the Intel committee was abused in the past with the whole Russia hoax, um, and the way, you know, the former chair of Intel, uh, Adam Schiff, would do things behind closed doors and then walk out and uh, immediately speak to the press and and talk in uh, misleading ways to to uh, give the press the ability to run stories against President Trump. I mean, it's it's an abuse of the system, uh, and and if you want to know for a fact that the Durham uh, report is, is accurate and true, then all you have to do is turn on some of the left wing uh, news sources out there and hear them squawking about. Um, You know how bad it is i mean the fact of the matter is he hit a nerve with them because he told the truth and he exposed them for you know their abuses of of donald trump and whether you if you like president trump or not and look i mean i don't think he breathes fire i don't think he walks on water um the united states government is not supposed to hunt uh a u.s citizen the way uh, the fbi was used to um you know, carry out investigations against him and, and candidly the way Congress and the Intel Committee uh, carried out investigations that that, you know, were just a waste of taxpayers' time and money.
0: Yeah, that it was. It was a hoax. It was. It was. And those who tried to call it out back at the time, Jim Jordan, Devin Nunes, Mark Meadows, you and others, they were all you were all you were all disparaged, but you were on the right side of the facts always. Is there some Punishment that Congress should mete out to those who peddled a false story knowing it was false You were all in the same briefings Republicans and Democrats heard the same Briefings only the Democrats came out and said there was evidence of collusion now John Durham said there never was should there be a penalty a censure Something that allows Congress to express its displeasure with those who misled the institution And also for people who had to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal bills Any thought about you know coming up with a restitution fund for people who defend themselves against what basically were manufactured allegations
3: we, we haven't we have not talked about restitution fund what I can tell you John is that um, nobody should be untouchable and people who abuse their positions of authority should um, should bear the consequences of that abuse and whether it be uh, the loss of job or whether it be uh, you know potentially going to jail or whether it be a civil liability, there have got to be consequences for those that abuse their positions of authority. It it is, you know, I mean, this is a democracy. It's not a kingdom. We have a constitution, um, and, and American citizens, you know, we recognize that we have to have certain government entities to keep us safe. But when the people who are in charge of those entities abuse, abuse their authority, they need to be held accountable and nobody at the FBI has been held accountable for the things that they did. And, and that is, you know, one of our concerns is people who are trying to govern in in today's day and time is, is how do you correct the actions of an agency? If there is no punishment for those who abuse the authority that they have by virtue of working at that agency. So, uh, I don't, I don't think, that the leadership at the FBI recognizes uh, how much their credibility has dropped with uh, those of us in Congress right now, John, I think, I think we will continue to tell them, but I will also tell you that you're not going to stop the abuses. If there are not consequences for the abuses, um, levied to those who carry them out. And, you know, even, um, uh, you know, one, one of the people that was fired as soon as Biden became president, he was hired back.
0: Yeah, that's right. Andy McCabe, right? He basically got his pension restored, even though the IG had determined that he gave false testimony to official proceedings on multiple occasions, as I recall. So really remarkable.
3: Of course, if you do it against a Republican. That's right. Then not a whole lot is said about it. But if you do it against, you know, if you did it against a Democrat, I feel sure there would have been consequences. And And that's that double standard that has created the huge lack of trust in uh, in the American government.
0: Yeah, that's so true. So very true. There is multiple reports out uh, on Just the News on uh, my site here about uh, whistleblowers. One, an IRS whistleblower who informed Congress yesterday that he's been retaliated against. He, he and his entire team taken off the Hunter Biden case after raising concerns of political interference in the case that, by the way, the letter says the DOJ removed him. So the very agency entrusted with enforcing whistleblower laws is accused of, in this case, retaliating. And then today, just a short while ago, we obtained a letter that came from an FBI intelligence analyst to the Justice Department Inspector General. This is an active, ongoing investigation. It's been going on since April, actually. We've confirmed that it's active and considered a serious matter. He alleges that he was retaliated against his security clearance, taken. He sidelined his paycheck, taken after he raised concerns about the accuracy of a statement that director Christopher Ray gave to a Senate proceeding again a protected disclosure i wanted to get your thoughts i know you believe in whistleblowing and that when they are telling the truth they must be protected tell us a little bit about the climate all these allegations now of whistleblowers not only coming forward but some of them now saying they're being retaliated against just because they wanted to highlight something that could be fixed in government
3: yeah no it, it it's unacceptable we we need we need People inside the agencies uh, to tell us, in many cases, um, the secrets of the agencies. If we're going to uh, pass legislation that that's going to correct some of the wrongs of the past, and you know, if they're if 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 we're able to prove that these statements or if they are able to prove that these statements are correct, you know, again, if a if a whistleblower um, accurately states that somebody in testifying to Congress, certainly if they're extremely high ranking, misrepresented the facts, then the whistleblower should be protected. And the person who misrepresented things to Congress is the one that actually should, you know, bear the consequences of the false statement. Now, I'll I'll tell you, you know, without the whistleblowers, John, I don't know how we would know um, in, in some cases if a statement Uh, If that statement, you know, was false, I don't don't know exactly what statement he's talking about here. I'll have to look it up. Sure. Um, But how would we know it was false if there wasn't a whistleblower? And so. So, again, I mean, the people are very frustrated with the. Those of us in Congress. uh, But it's it's hard to govern when you don't know the truth, because people inside the agencies aren't telling you the truth and so so i'm i'm on the side of the whistleblowers um i mean they're doing their patriotic duty to make sure that we have the facts and the facts of what we have to govern on
0: yeah such a sage way of looking at it i wish everyone looked at the whistleblowers the way you and senator Grassley and congressman Comer and actually ron wyden a couple others uh and the democratic side also take them seriously but so few actually value them the way that they should be valued. My good friend, Miranda Devine, one of the most accomplished journalists, and of course, was right on the Hunter Biden laptop from the beginning, but got canceled. She wrote a really fascinating column in the last 24 hours saying, Mike Morrell can't clean up his dirty letter that was meant to secure Biden's 2020 win. And of course, it just resurrects everything we now know about the the letter of the 51. I know you've had a lot of time to reflect on it. There are things you know that you probably can't talk about in, in, in connection with the Intelligence Committee. But just in a general sense, uh, how concerning is it that 51 former intelligence experts who all carried the banner of the United States government and the approval of the United States government, their titles, they derived from the U.S. government, the taxpayers, wrote that letter and clearly impacted the outcome of the 2020 election?
3: Yes. Yeah, so so let's, let's look at it even, you know, maybe a little broader picture in that you've got John, Donald Trump and and Joe Biden are running against each other and what ended up being uh, probably the highest vote total ever in the history of the United States in an extremely close election. Uh, Donald Trump got more votes running for reelect than he did in his original campaign uh, because of his policies. And, And yet somehow Joe Biden ended up with enough votes to become sworn in as president of the United States. And so let's look at what the intelligence community did to Donald Trump from start to finish. You look at what they did with um, what was provided by the Clinton campaign, you know, um, the Steele dossier. You look at uh, what they did to him, uh, while he was in office with the with the Russia hoax and the use of the House Democrats in the Intel Committee, then you look at going into reelect how the intelligence community again, who, which is not supposed to be engaged in the political campaigns inside the United States of America, engaged clearly to cover up the Hunter Biden laptop story, and and I will tell you. You know, John, these are not 1% or 2% things in in an election. If the Hunter Biden laptop story uh, had been published, I do not think that Joe Biden would be the president of the United States today. I just don't. And so, you know, we wouldn't have, you know, $31.4 trillion in debt today. Uh, You know, I, I mean, the consequences of what they have done have been detrimental to our country.
0: Yeah, that's such a great point. It it really did change the course of history. I'm sure there's a lot we're learning about the Biden family deals. Maybe there are some things you know from a classified setting you can't talk about yesterday. But the notion that Ron Johnson and Chuck Grassley first raised, that James Comer now, I think, very eloquently raises, is this family has the appearance, at least, of being compromised, that when they make decisions about China, Ukraine, Russia, anywhere they got money from, they may have been compromised. And one of the questions I have is the intelligence community is a very smart community. It tries to protect American citizens whenever they can, particularly prominent people on the crossfires. Is there any, do you have any doubts or concerns or thoughts about the intelligence committee, maybe giving a defensive briefing to the Bidens at some point? It would seem to me some of the stuff going on overseas, it might've raised a red flag or two for very smart people. Is there anything to learn for, for the intelligence committee about how they did or didn't address the biden controversies in real time when they were occurring from fourteen thirteen to twenty twenty
3: well i i, I don't know how to answer that um, i i i will i will tell you this if you just just again i don't i don't think donald Trump walks on water and I don't think he breathes fire but if you go back and you look at everything. That somebody in the intelligence community or an intelligence agency did to him both before he was elected and after he was elected and into his campaign and that how they uh, they either originated from Democrats like Hillary Clinton and her campaign or they protected Democrats like uh, Hunter Biden and therefore Joe Biden. It, it it it's very clear that the bias from that community is towards um the far left democratic party and and yet they're supposed to be totally apolitical they're not supposed to be engaging in political activity and yet they have played a role in in the a very significant role in the last two presidential elections
0: yeah Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, the evidence is prima facie now. It's not even in doubt. Last question, because I I love following your Twitter feed. I always learn things from it. And I, I think more than anyone else, you have continually focused on one of the great security vulnerabilities of the border. There are many of them, and we know them all, but the idea that terrorists and foreign adversaries are probably plowing across the border right now because there are just so many places. We had Border Patrol agents on yesterday who said, right now, 70% of the border is unprotected compared to normal staffing, and soon it'll be down to 10% protection, 90% open. You, I know, have eloquently said this many times on my show, but it feels like something really tragic may have already crossed the border just waiting to happen how concerned are you based on the state of the border security for our future safety here?
3: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm very concerned. And, and, you know, there are people that wake up every morning trying to figure out the best way they can to, to hurt those of us who are Americans, either, you know, physically or, or financially. And, you know, I don't understand why we would, you know, want to allow somebody from China, for example, to get a 14 day travel visa into Mexico. And then if we catch them at the border, turn around and release them into the United States of America uh, two or three days later. And, and yet that's exactly what's happening. Uh, I, I will tell you, John, I, I think Americans are fed up with this border. I, I don't think it matters if you're a Democrat or a Republican. I think, I think when you look at what's happening down there, you know, it's not right. You know, we're being taken advantage of when you're, when you're looking at TV and you see where, American citizens are being told you can't stay here tonight because we have to move you out to make room for somebody who's illegally in the country. Uh, I I think I think they've crossed the line with this. And let's remember this. All Joe Biden had to do was to continue the the policies that were in place when he came into office. And instead, he relented to the far left. And, And now you've got you've got a crisis at the border that is creating a crisis inside. Um, every state and city in the United States
0: yeah that's so true and you're right Americans are so perceptive I I think there's a group of elites in the media and politics who think oh the Americans are never going to catch what's going on there if we just tell them it's closed they're going to believe it they're just so much smarter than that in fact it's insulting to think that some people treat the American public that way but they really do know that Joe Biden changed the security at the border and they're kind of tired of it aren't they I think you hit it on the head with that
3: they do And and they're smart enough to know that if you gave everybody who was illegally in the country a green card, that it would be, you know, blue collar Americans, they would lose their jobs. Yeah,
0: that's it. They are. They know the consequences of the longer consequences of this insecure border. Congressman, we are so honored to have you on. Every time we come on, we always have a great discussion. Our audience loves you because we get straight talk. We get a lot of insights that we don't get anywhere else. I want to thank you. I know how busy you are today, but I want to thank you for giving us so much time. Hey, thank you, John. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
0: All right, folks, thanks for joining us. If you want to get a copy of my new children's book, Hidden Headlines, which teaches the dangers of censorship and why the First Amendment was first to our founding fathers, why we need to restore it to being first, go to bravebooks.us right now. Bravebooks.us, you'll get my book free if you sign up for the subscription book club. If not, you can buy my book, A La Carte. All of them, very important discussion. My son's hamster, Chunk an inquiring dog named Seymour Clues, a detective they pair together to solve a major censorship issue, keeping the hamster headlines newspaper from getting to the hamster village. The tubes in the village are clogged. Yep. That's the allegory for social media censorship. Go check out that book. It's a great way to teach your children, grandchildren, nephews, and nieces the importance of free speech, maybe something that their educators aren't doing for them. And of course, go support all the advertisers and sponsors. And partners of Just the News, ClearPath, Heritage Action for America, Birch Gold Group, who's been such an extraordinary anchor in our community for a long time. They all have great products, great services, great values that align with your values. As someone who cares about the future of this great country, go check them out today. Most of them have a Just News code you can use to save money, and that's a special offer. AMAC, of course, too, Association of Mature American Citizens. You heard Bobby Charles yesterday. That was a great interview you can join a five-year membership, get huge discounts on things you buy, services you get, and, of course, you get a lot of trustworthy news and information and opportunities for civic engagement, a grassroots army trying to make America a better place in a moment of great peril to this constitutional republic. So go check them all out, Brave Books, all the way through to Amac, Birch Gold and so many others that have been so good to us. Now, one reminder, a lot of people say, hey, John, do you have an app at the Just the News? And the answer is, we sure do. Not only do we have an app, it's in the Apple Store, it's also in the Android Store. It allows you to take the Just the News experience and go in three different ways. You can watch... Our videos and television shows, you can listen to this podcast and many others like it, like Victor Davis Hanson, or you can read the stories that we do day. 50, 60, 70 stories a day of the breaking news, investigative reporting, accountability reporting. Go to the iOS app store or the Android store today, download the Just the News app read watch listen three great ways to experience the just the news content and to join the just the news family and if you really want to get involved with the family and say hey i want to support your investigative reporting john solomon i want to support the great reporters and the producers and the bookers and everybody that works to make the just the news experience possible you can do something really inexpensive that makes a big difference all you got to do is join the just the news vip club that's right what do you get for the vip club first off ad free experience on the website and on your newsletters no ads no dancing videos no autoplay videos An ad-free experience on Just the News 247. Plus, once a month you get to hang out with me at JustTheNews.com. We have a town hall. I sit and answer your questions for an hour. We talk about issues you care about. We cover topics that the other media aren't covering. It's an incredible experience to join the family. the immediate family of the just the news team great opportunity sometimes we bring in our reporters it's always a delightful time if you want to get involved in that go to just dot com slash subscribe just dot com slash subscribe quick way to get into the club it's 4.99 a month a year, great way to support our journalism, make a difference, and get an enormous benefit yourself. So go check it out today. All right, folks, that wraps up John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. God bless you. God bless you. Have a great night. God bless this great country of the United States. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News.